0: Welcome to this edition of the three and two What's He Gonna Do podcast? I'm Dan Zelensky of the thirdmanning.com and baseball prospect journal. Joined as always with Colin Canterberg of Statswipe. And Colin, you're looking fresh with your new
1: haircut. Thank you. Thank you. It and, was
0: and shaved.
1: Yeah, got a straight razor sh- sh- shaved for the first time in my life. And the haircut, who would have thought I would run into the best barber that Great Clips has to offer? Um Shout out to Vinny at the local grade Clips, If Vinny is watching, I gave him a card and uh, told him to check out the pod. Vinny apparently cut the hair of, he said he cut the hair of Robin Youngs, and he set up Gorman Thomas with his wife. So it was really, it was a good conversation, talked about the 2002 Oakland Athletics, talked about the Brewers and what they have coming up for this next upcoming season, honestly, I mean, could have been filming the pod while getting my haircut done because that's the kind of conversation we were having. So shout out to Vinny. That might be a new uh, episode idea here. Honestly,
0: it's yeah. A with Vinny, and he can cut your hair as we talk in the barber shop. Right.
1: I mean, I, I finished the haircut and didn't even know I had a haircut because I was just <laughs> chatting it all up the whole time. And I mean, no offense to other great clip barbers, but it's always it's always fairly silent. Aside from the small talk of what do you do? And oh yeah, cold weather out. But this time we got right into baseball talk, right into sports, um, you know, talk some Seinfeld. It was it was a great haircut. See, that's why you go to the same barber your entire life like I have. Well, I hope Vinny stays at this one. Val at Plaza Barber Shop in West Bend.
0: And Shout out to that. Yeah. She knows Craig or she used to at times do Craig Council's there.
1: No okay the kid, Yeah. No kidding. But she was working more in the this area yeah yeah so. yeah and as long as we're giving a shout out to all the hair places 188 <laughs> and Elm Grove shout out to, to Leah um, for doing a great job on my on my straight razor shave so I think that's that's it so, sure. yes yes she's <laughs> a very happy uh, she hasn't seen it yet big reveal is coming so. Um, yeah so Good. get get right into yeah. the news yeah,
0: big news in baseball with the Marlins uh, hiring their new GM. Kind of kind of a surprise, honestly, with who they hired. Um, but she's definitely someone who's been in
1: kind of the baseball circles for a few decades now. Yeah, yeah. Kim Ng is her name. Um, you know, for those who don't really follow too much of, of front office baseball, uh, she's been in baseball for over 30 years, uh, worked in the White Sox front office as kind of like a research assistant from 1990 to 96. Um, was the Yankees assistant GM for three years, 98 through 01, winning three World Series in that time. Um, was the Dodgers um, VP and assistant GM for from 12, 2002 to 11 and has been in the um, Senior Vice President of Baseball Ops for, for MLB for the last like nine years or so. Yeah. So she's been around and she's been in really high up positions very smart lady and, and someone who I think will really succeed in the Marlins organization.
0: Yeah. I don't have it up. I'm trying to find it right now, but, uh, she's interviewed for probably about five GM positions yep. over the last decade or two. Honestly, back to, I want to say 2005, when she interviewed for the Dodgers, yep. GM spot that ended up going to uh, Ned Coletti. And then she, she was still kept down as a assistant GM, but she's someone who's been in a lot of interviews. I think the Giants, Mariners, maybe the D-backs, and there's a couple others as well that she's interviewed with over the last decade, decade and a half. So right. she's je- definitely been a candidate. People have watched. It was just a matter of who was gonna give her that opportunity and she becomes the first female and what people believe are probably, out of all major US sports, to be the first female GM of a team and also first Asian American yep. GM. So definitely a big day for uh, major leagues, but uh, definitely she was hired because of her qualifications. And I think she must have had probably too a relationship with their junior. I mean, she was the assistant GM with the Yankees during their Mm -hmm. dynasty.
1: And I'm sure that definitely helped her in her case too. Right. Yeah. No, she's definitely well qualified. I'm looking forward. I think it's just a a question of what her, strategy is going in I think it'll be interesting to see how it differs from that of like Barhan's idea and, and those kind of guys
0: will be interesting too because she hasn't worked in baseball front office in a while now so and the Marlins are kind of an interesting team because they've got a lot of talent coming up but do they go out because they're kind of getting closer to competing for a playoff spot They right. obviously made the playoffs last year but they're in a tough division they're going to have to add to that team do they go out and spend some money this offseason too so like you said it's going to be interesting to see kind of what her philosophies are mm-hmm. If it's more kind of small market type
1: built through the minor leagues or if it's kind of a mixture of both or if it's go out and spend a lot of money i don't know right and things change i mean i think this was a time where i've been so reflecting on Stearns and, and uh, how yeah. we thought of him going into this brewer's job and i think People thought being being in the Astros organization like very savvy trades and, and really smart free agent pickups and for the most part you know he he has he has done that we've seen trades that work out um, with was it Lyles worked out and, yeah. and a couple other really big moves. Um, obviously, was that obviously Yelich yeah Yelich worked out. He's made some other and then there's been other ones where you just scratch your head like this last offseason. We're like, this just doesn't seem like the Stearns with we the, were expecting. The trade with the Padres.
0: No, that one was this one good move. I mean, I mean like that, the that move's kind of still up in the air because Grisham and Davies had really good they did 2020s and Urias
1: and Eric Lauer both didn't do a whole lot. So that's still right. up in the air. I, I'm talking about more of just their just let's bring in every journeyman old washed up player and mean, for a career year type deal. Yeah,
0: we should talk about this because Stearns, besides the Yelich and maybe Kane moves, like what has he I don't want to say, what has he done, but what would you grade is performance. I mean, yes, they've made the playoffs, but they've really only had one team that was like, I don't it wasn't even a legit World Series team, but they be, they were a game away from actually making it to the World Series. Right. So I've, it's hard because he came in expecting to rebuild, and they sped that rebuild up so quick because they were closer in contention than they initially anticipated. But overall, I mean, I think he's been good but not great. Right. I mean, I give him like a
1: B grade so far, I think. Yeah simply because, you know, he has made smart moves. I just pulled up the move I really think of as a as a great Stearns move is where they traded Mauricio Dubon for Drew Pomeranz, only because they got a lot out of Drew Pomeranz. He, he looked bad. That was one where yeah. it was a head scratcher at first because he was doing bad. You didn't instant. like that move at first. I didn't because you looked at his stats and I'm like, geez, what, yeah. you know, on the surface looked bad. And, you know, obviously it's not all Stearns. I, the, the research and development team looked into him and, obviously saw something in Pomerantz they liked. And over, you know, from the, that trade on, yeah. he was one of the best relievers in baseball and his value skyrocketed. Well, they put him in a good
0: position to uh, succeed too because he was kind of bouncing a bit between the starting rotation and bullpen throughout his career. And the Brewers just said, we're going to make this guy kind of a late inning. Remember, yeah. Just let him just unleash his stuff for an inning, maybe two,
1: and go from there. It's too bad they couldn't resign him because he has an electric yeah. arm. I, I think that's the only that's the downfall of it. And and if you look at just coming up, you know, when when um, Sterns got in, the farm yeah. system was on well, the top in baseball. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like yeah, support, just support. like that. Now now the Brewers have nothing. But, you know, it Keston, was just like that pretty much. It was. It just seemed like after a season, it's like wow. Now it's depleted. After you know, guys come up. Yeah. Obviously, guys like um, you know, Heston is is Heston here is doing decent I'd say. Jury's I'm, still out on him. Jury's still out Um, and you know guys like, He's looking like more of Brown and, and um, Adrian House or some other of those prospects that yeah, you know like, Well the Brewers
0: scouting or well I shouldn't say that. draft and develop has not been good. Their scouting's mm-hmm. been fine. The yeah more development side if anything hasn't been good because you look at guys like Corey Ray complete bust um, who else have they had? Devin Williams was a bust until this year, this yeah, year, now he's good. Keston, the jury's still out on him. Obviously, really, Woody turned out, Hater turned out, so, I mean, it's not like a, we don't even know. Busted. We can't even remember guys who were drafted besides in the first round because none of those guys have come up and done right. like much of
1: anything. Yeah. Very few. And I think it'll be interesting to see, I think, uh, to see how Ethan Small turns out. It's going to be kind of interesting. Granted, he never had a high ceiling. You yeah. can't really expect more than a number three. Yeah, which is to which me, which is if, fine if you have a great, a really good number three. But if, it's what's it thing if you sure. can go pay for a
0: number one, number two. Like I get it, small markets; they can't, they can't always shoot for home runs every pick. Yeah, they got to play it safe sometimes. But all the Brewers do is play it safe. They never take yeah. gambles on guys, and that's why you see no one panning out or you see just average ball players Mm -hmm. coming up from the minor leagues because they don't take chances on any guys. They don't draft pitchers who have high ceilings or even position players who have high ceilings. The closest they've done is like Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Tereng the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And obviously time will tell if those
1: are good picks. Yeah. And and it's, I I just think when the Brewers made it, you know, play game seven in the LCS, that wasn't the year people were like, Wow, they were a year ahead, they were ahead yeah. of schedule. Yeah. But now looking back, it's like, well shoot, was that the year? Because then the next, you know, back, was... back-to-back playoff appearances, I don't even, well not. straight. Yeah, I barely even count last year because yeah. they squeaked in with losses. And it's, it's just, all of a sudden the farm system is gone. I think a lot of people thought what Kansas City did in 2013, 14, and then winning it in 15 was kind of the path the Brewers were going to take. And it just kind of fell short. They fell flat.
0: Do you think 2018 uh, is going to be the peak? And do you think they're going to have to rebuild another time before they have a chance to get back to that
1: point? I think the Brewers are doing this kind of... I, I think eighteen was the peak. I don't really buy their roster anymore. Um, and I don't buy their farm system. I don't so. either. But, but the Brewers do this thing where it is kind of like... Quick rebuild—they don't completely shed everything. Yeah. They do kind of like a, a partial rebuild, and obviously they have the parts. They have Yelich and Keston and Woody. They have three good guys. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. As yeah. Well, Devin Williams. They—they they have pieces to build around. So it's just, yeah. Which ones do you trade possibly? The, and the future
0: is going to be determined off. Do they trade Hater or not? Because it will. They need to get. I know people who think they're only going to get one solid prospect for them. They need to get two solids and a a third that's got a high ceiling or something like that. They need to hit and do well on that trade. They bring some talent into this team because otherwise they might as well just blow the whole team up. I mean, Yelich isn't going to like that because they just signed the extension. But I don't know. but how can Yelich look around at what just happened? Exactly. In the like yeah. the, the sale Garcia signing looks bad. They're paying him $10 million. He's the third highest paid player on the team. Yeah. Kane, Yelich, and Garcia. They're projected to uh, have a payroll of around $82.5 mm-hmm. before That's with projected arbitration numbers. Let me just pull up the payroll here. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the payroll, it's... Kane, Yelich Garcia Garcia's at ten and a half, Yelich at fourteen, Kane at eighteen million. And then besides that, there's no one over. Um, Hater's projected to make five and a half million next year. Cnabel's at five and a quarter uh, million. But besides that, everyone's like three one and under. So like, I don't yeah. think the, I don't think you can bring Cnabel back. I think you mm-hmm. would love to see him bounce back. I don't think he's going to, and even if he does, you can't afford that beca- to take that chance because you need
1: to use that money to implement that guys who are. Gonna I agree. Back. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that too. And obviously, a, a Kane bounce back would be.
0: It's a, sh- it's a shame he opted out of the season. Not only did he start the year and then opt out, I would have been fine had he just opted out to begin with. Yeah,
1: he started. It was a weird deal. It was
0: weird. Um, the, Two more years left at Kane at 18 million I think for both years so they really need him to uh to deliver because otherwise they're in trouble with that outfield Big with Kane time. and who knows what you're getting out of Garcia next year yeah exactly um we mentioned him too Devin Williams wins yep. the rookie of the year much deserved I believe first rookie of the year since Braun
1: yeah yeah
0: so uh that was exciting Kyle Lewis was the unanimous MVP on he the AL He deserved side. it. I'm yeah, I think we both said yeah. he was going to win it. And I think most of the awards uh, went as we kind of predicted it. Um,
1: not the AL MVP. Uh, that was the what one. was up that?
0: I can't I, – did we say um, Bauer should win Yeah. Siam? Okay. Yeah, Bauer was good. I pretty think uh, overall it went pretty much how we predicted it. But, yeah, the AL MVP, I did not – Understand that you take a guy who's a DH first
1: baseman. I think more DH, if anything. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: yep. And I mean, he, he put up good numbers, 317, um, which again wasn't as high of an average as DJ LeMahieu. You could make an yeah. argue, argument for him. You know, if you're going off of offensive production, LeMahieu, in terms of weighted run created plus, had the best offensive production. Let's start. Let's start with the WAR. Yes, yeah, the war. Jose Ramirez was at three point four. Jose Abreu two point six. And again, defense plays into that. That's Ramirez true. had better defense. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. So I guess if you choose, it just seems like Abreu was chosen because of home runs, RBIs, and just kind of the White Sox season. Maybe. That just, I mean, it seems odd. The the voters have gotten away from doing the whole. Where did Mike Trout finish? I didn't look at that. Probably fourth. I didn't look at it either. Let's see if I can
0: quickly pull that up. It's funny, though, that Jose Abreu won it because I don't know if you could have asked anyone who's going to win AL MVP this year. And I don't know if anyone would have said Jose Abreu. No. People would have more likely said, like, on the White Sox. Moncada, because he was coming off a really good year. Yeah. And Eloy maybe has a really good season, but yeah, I don't know. Freddie Freeman then won it on the NL. I think I kind of said Betts would win it maybe, but Freeman's kind of a solid pick as well. And we were right with, I uh, always thought maybe Machado Tatis Jr. would come third and fourth, and that ended yep.
1: up playing out. Let's see here. Yeah, it. <laughs> A brave, again, I think that was just simply a home run RBI vote, yeah. which good for a brave if he's been a solid Trout, player. Trout
0: finished uh, fifth. Shane Bieber came what? in fourth. Uh, one seventy three, one seventy two. Shane Bieber got a tenth place vote that put him over the edge. Otherwise, it would have tied wow. for uh, for fourth. I think it's funny Anthony Rendon got a third place vote. I mean, he had a really good
1: Rendon was overlooked this
0: year. He did have a good year on a bad team. Who vote? Tim Anderson got some votes. What
1: um, was the story? You had, you had um, texted me with the Cubs. Um, yes. Um, who was Ryan, it? Ryan. Uh, how do you say the last name?
0: Uh-huh. Ryan. Tapera. Tapera. Okay. Um, yeah, someone, the St. Louis Dispatch writer, I want to <laughs> say, who's like won the award for best, you know, baseball writer, things like that. Older guy. I guess it must have been like electronic votes this year or something. Usually it's mail-in I thought. Maybe it's just Hall of Fame, maybe not. Maybe I'm confusing the Hall of Fame. But he thinks he accidentally, instead of uh, voting for Trey Turner, accidentally clicked on uh, this, yeah, who maybe he'll have a great career, but number-wise didn't have that great of a year. had an ERA in the threes, didn't pitch a lot. So that was just kind of funny to see. he was making jokes about that on social media. Mm-hmm. So um, Freddie Freeman easily won the NL MVP. I thought it'd be a
1: little closer between him and Betts. Yeah, I'm Betts surprised. Had a really good year. Um, and then yeah, that one was close. I think Freeman did deserve it, and good for him. He's kind of one of those guys like Nolan Arenado, where you're like, the guy should finish a career yeah. with at least one MVP. So I'm, I'm happy Freddie got it. And yeah, had first, a, had, yeah. A, he had a 3.4 war as opposed to Mookie's um, 3. Yeah.
0: And uh, Freddie Freeman's the first MVP since Chipper Jones, I want to say maybe in the late 90s, 99. Mm. I can't remember exactly what year, but first one since Chipper Jones. So it's been a while wow. Braves which is kind of surprising.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know it's funny because I think going into the season, Acuna was the guy who people were oh, expecting yeah. to win the MVP and yeah. the Braves. Um, so Freddy he might've been the favorite going in. He was, I think. Yeah, I believe he was. And how did he even end up finishing? I'm not sure. I can't really pull it up quick, but that's alright. Um, yeah, even Marcelo Zuna was super good. The Braves just have a good team. I, I I'm excited to I'll be see.
0: i am curious to see because like, um. Ozuna, I think he's a free agent. They don't really need to bring him back. They got plenty of talent. So do they? Will they? I don't know. Maybe. But uh, and also the Young Award race. Um, Corbin Burns finished sixth, I want to say. Yeah, sixth, mm-hmm. and Devin Williams eighth, tied for seventh actually. Um, Trevor Bauer kind of won that easily. Got twenty-seven of the thirty first-place votes. Hugh Darvish came. In second, he was just under 70 votes behind, or a little over 70 votes behind. So the ground was a distant third.
1: So that ends his streak. Yeah. He was going for a three peak there. Yeah. And then no, that was fourth. Bauer, Bauer was definitely deserving. I mean, crazy guy. but He's, he's a nutcase, but I, I, I've, been, I've been getting more and more on his side lately.
0: So. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's right. The way. Most things he says
1: is accurate. It's yeah. Just the way he comes across and the way right. he says stuff, and just his weird trolling on social media, like thirteen-year-old girls. Yeah, it's weird. But. He just he just does some crazy things, but the fact that the guy is super smart, he always has been. Yeah. And he he pitches his game, so um, yeah, uh, I think you know we can wrap up for. Do you have any other baseball things to mm-hmm. talk about? Um, It's Masters season in late (laughs) fall, so (laughs) the Masters in spring is only like 180 days away, so that's kind of cool to look forward to, but Tiger Woods looked decent after the first round. I think a lot of people are happy to see that. I'm I'm on the side of it's good for golf, and I'm excited when Tiger is doing good. So um, today, though, so far he is even, still at 400, 400 through 10. Um, but yeah, you know, everyone is so close. You got Answer, um, a lot of names like. And the, the cut is right around par, I want to say. Yep, it's even right now. And uh, Justin Thomas and uh, Justin Thomas and Dustin. Yeah. Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson yeah. um, are among kind of the big names in it. Do you see Sean Sean Mallory? Yep, he blew up today. He blew, blew up who big. else
0: blew up big was uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He did at least this week. Uh, the first two days he was favored I, coming I, into this. I story. told you too. I didn't think he was uh, gonna do well. He's not consistent enough in no. this game right now. And he's one of these guys who puts on a show mm-hmm. one major and then the no. other. That's
1: apart. exactly yeah. Surprise! I think Kepka's kind of struggled. He's know. been very average. Yeah. Um. He's five under, three under today, so he's he's been okay. Um. But That's yeah, a lot a of people, bit. a lot of people are are in the game, and a lot of how's Lefty doing? I think he was at three under. Okay, so he's gonna make the cut. Yeah, he'll make the cut. Um. Yeah. So I guess you know we're filming this on on the Friday evening. Um. And a lot of a lot of names are in it. Do you have any? I mean, aside from the pool that we're in, hoping that DJ wins or who stays in or whatever.
0: I mean, is going to make the Cuddies two
1: under. That's huge. We that's huge for Polter. our pool. Um, who who do you who do you think right now will win?
0: That's a that's a good question. Uh, Justin Thomas has been hot, well, especially yesterday. Today is still three under through. Uh, his rounds complete, so he's three under. He's nine under for the tournament through two days. He's he's a guy who, when he's on, he's on. But again, another one of those guys who sometimes just goes missing as well. Right. It's it's tough to say. I'm gonna say Dustin Johnson because he's just such an even golfer for the most mm-hmm. most of the times that usually he's always extremely consistent and doesn't usually blow up. And he's right there in the lead. Um, and yeah, would be shocking if he wins. I think a uh, great story. Dustin Johnson's been around for a while. Yeah, definitely been playing well the last few years. So yeah, um, yeah, I think he's definitely got to be the favorite at this point. Who maybe
1: comes from out of nowhere? Um, I th- I I I there's two names that I look at. I think Cameron Smith. He's tied for the lead lead right now. I was watching him earlier. Yeah, he ended today's round with an eagle, birdie, birdie, birdie. Um. The guy looked like he was just putting in good shots, straight hitter. Um, I, I think Cameron Smith is really, you know, really good, but yeah. he just doesn't have the experience. In the Masters, it just seems like experience rules. Experience, yeah. And I think Tommy Fleetwood is a guy who we could watch. Yeah, he's always kind of on the coast. He's always. He has all yep. been able to count it yeah. John Rahm is right in it, and Rahm has bat, has shown to put into yeah. big pots. Yeah, that beat. beautiful hole in one of the par three. Yeah, yeah. That alone, almost like <laughs> if, after seeing that, I'm like, the guy's gonna win it, right? Um, who else do you it's,
0: think? It's too bad Tiger was even today, or is even right now. He's still got uh, eight holes left at the time of this recording. I think it's gonna be interesting to watch Patrick Reed. And Kepka, because Reed mm-hmm. obviously has won it before. He's only three shots off the lead, at least as we record this. And Kepka, he's only four shots off the lead, but as we've seen, he can go on a run. He yeah. got really hot. So I'll be curious to see. Those obviously aren't like surprises. I mean, people expect them to be in contention all the right. time, but they're a little bit behind. It wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden they found a way to somehow come up. Um, and
1: like we mentioned before, Louis season, who we picked, so consistent. He's so consistent. Time. I, I mean, he's almost a guarantee to be in contention on Sunday at the Masters. I, I really yeah. like Louis, Louis' chance. Did it? Did Danny Willett win? Did he win? Was it the Masters? He won the Masters. Okay. Yeah, like, 13, twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah he's one of those guys who. He, he during that like five nowhere. six
0: stretch where it's seemed like someone, some no name guy, was always winning. Yeah. <sighs> I always want to think Hideki Matsuyama is finally going to yep. get over the hump and win one. He's squarely right there. I mean, he's only two shots off the lead, had a big day today, six under mm-hmm. on day two. I would like to see him win. Big fan of his. Yeah. So we'll see. But he's, last year he kind of, I want to say struggled, but before last year, he was a guy who's always he top five, top, top, 10. top ten. He just couldn't. Right finish stuff out and win it. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun final two days. Cause like you said,
1: there's so many people
0: crammed and jammed up between five it's, shots or so. So it's,
1: it's definitely gonna be fun. And I, I think, I, I think it'd be fun. It's always fun if you get playoff holes come, come oh, the yeah. final round. So and the sun setting. Yep. Yeah. Well, the sun sets pretty early now. I'm this, this yeah. master's is weird in that like the, the afternoon rounds are usually going to of the team, like they're gonna yeah. have to make it up the next day. So, th- is this even going? This will probably go into Monday. But once the cut happens, that's the thing. Yeah, well, they might try to push people out a little earlier. Or yeah. Do some I don't know. Right. It's a different feel. Obviously, yeah. the magnolias aren't blooming this time of year, and yeah. it's 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 not the typical Masters feel. But I guess, it's kind of fun. So I I'm still pumped. I love the Masters. Team I uh, me. oh, a couple weeks ago at least. Now
0: registered for the pool, so each year they'll that's that's a a move. move. Um, so I can sign up and try to yep. enter into
1: that pool to try to get tickets. Yeah. So then, yeah, keep your eyes out. Print to what's he going to do live from Augusta. Um, <laughs> one of these years. You'd probably get kicked out if he's recording.
0: I don't <laughs> even know if you're allowed to use your phone. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think. Probably I'm not. Probably not. Because I know
1: players aren't. Yeah. So, why would patrons? Right. It? But yeah, that's no, fun to have golf. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much the big sports news. Yeah.
0: Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the 3 and 2 What's He Going to Do podcast. You can find us on all those podcast platforms, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. He's Colin Canenberg. I'm Dan Zielinski. Thank you for listening to this edition of the 3 and 2 What's He Going to Do podcast.